As we approach the last 10 days of Ramadan, let's aim at making the most of it. Let's tune out our distractions because honestly, those Netflix shows can wait. You're listening to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast, episode 15 of season 2. In today's episode, we speak to Yusra Kamil Kandil about the importance of dua and the power of istikara prayer. Hey, it's Danielle and Zaina, and welcome to Unsweetened and Unfiltered, the podcast where we elevate the voices of women by sharing their stories of struggle while also highlighting their success. We wanted to create a space for women to feel like they're not alone in whatever hardship they may be facing. Some conversations may be lighthearted, while others may touch upon taboo topics ranging from mental health to women's bodies and spiritual struggles, and we don't shy away from any of it. But our overall mission is to make every woman realize that she is not alone. We are all in this together, I promise. Our sole purpose is to build relationships, not barriers, between you and the woman who may need you. We're here to provide inspiration and to build courage. Tune in every Wednesday where we'll feature an insightful guest who will help us reach these goals. We laugh, we ugly cry, and we'll probably laugh some more. So plug in your headphones, grab your favorite cup of coffee or shea, and get ready to become a part of this unbreakable sisterhood. You are tuning into season two of Unsweetened and Unfiltered. You guys, we have approached the last 10 nights of Ramadan, subhanAllah. Honestly, I have to continuously remind myself that Ramadan is a gift from Allah. And I don't want to be hard on myself. During this month, I feel like a lot of us are, you know, we're a little anxious. You you look at your you look at the entire month and you're like, where did the time go? Did I do enough? And I think that's one thought that's always on the back of our minds during Ramadan is did we do enough? And that's why the, I think the most important time during Ramadan is the last 10 days because even if you are feeling that sense of did I do enough, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish at the beginning of Ramadan, if you're not there yet, it's okay. I don't think anyone is there at this moment, you know. And as long as we take advantage of the last 10 days and we really, really find that, con- we at least try to find that connection with Allah, I think that's all that matters. Yeah, because I think there was this quote online that I read recently and it was a really good one because it said something along the lines that anybody who seeks Allah in any which way or form, you're still a winner. And I was like, man, that's just such a simple thought. We always think that we have to do so, so much, but even just you, your heart seeking Allah, you're still, your heart is still in a good spot. And we talk about this with Yusra in regards to dua, when we should make it, how we should make it, and the power of dua, because sometimes I think we overlook at how important dua is. It's another form of worship. So I really hope that this episode with Yusra is one that's very eye-opening, one that puts your heart at ease as well, because I I, again, I don't want anybody, you know, leaving this month feeling like they didn't do enough. Again, these last 10 nights, there's just more than enough time for us to, you know, carve out 10 to 20 minutes a day to just speak to Allah, to maybe do a little bit more dhikr after our prayers. Like it's little stuff like that, little simple things, honestly. And the way Yusra explains it is that it's such a simple thing. The simple things that we can do in our day-to-day life within, you know, when once you finish work, here's five minutes, here's 10 minutes that you can take out of your time to really dedicate and find that connection with Allah and I love that we brought her back on the podcast because we had her on about a year ago and everyone loved her including Dunya and I and I'm so happy she's back and she's here to talk about dua and istikhara prayer because those are the two things that I think 
we tend to, like you said, overlook the importance of them. Yeah, for a staccato prayer, you guys, it's really, really easy. Um, we do discuss it in this episode. But again, the way I first introduced myself to that prayer is just searching it on Google. I swear to you, it was that easy. And there was like an actual, even on YouTube, there's a video of how to do it. And it's very, very simple. So if you guys feel like you're conflicted um, or you feel like you want a little bit more of Allah's guidance in regards to a situation or a choice that you need to make, this is a prayer that I think is really, really helpful. It honestly helped me. Um, you might not get your answer in a dream i think that's what you said yeah. but your heart does feel at ease when you are able to just spill everything and allow allah to just take control of whatever is whatever affair that you're you're dealing with at this moment but i really hope you guys stick around for our unfiltered afterthoughts um we digest and dissect the episode right after it's done and i think this is an episode that inshallah inshallah really helps everybody so are you ready to dive in zena let's do it Thank you so much, Yusra, for joining us. SubhanAllah, how a year flies by because last time we had you was around one year ago and it was episode 10 of season one where we talked about the blessings of Ramadan, the dua and everything. And I feel like this is our part two episode basically. But again, SubhanAllah, how a year flies by. If you don't mind introducing yourself to our listeners, I know a majority of them already know you, but of course we would love to hear more about you. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Thank you very much again for having me one more time, and I'm truly honored. So my name is Yusra Kamil Kandil, and I'm a mother of three little kids. I, alhamdulillah, have been, you know, in education for quite a while, and I kind of like quit three years ago, and I decided to homeschool my kids and start doing a little bit more studying, علم and fiqh and whatnot, and actually as well at the same time doing da'wah, right, in very small portions, trying to post things to inspire people, trying to share whatever could uplift and motivate others. Um, so that's what I'm currently doing right now. <laughs> Mashallah, because I feel like you have a way with share your stories. You're very captivating. And I literally cannot, I never want to pull away from your stories when you do share them online. And it's like you want more. So I would love to see you one day become an online teacher for Inshallah, everybody else. Start Inshallah, start a YouTube page because I definitely would oh, subscribe. Yes. Have you ever thought about that? So I've been doing, actually, subhanAllah, well, I've been teaching at my local masjid. But now with what's going on, I've shifted to online and subhanAllah with everything going on, you know, with the quarantine, all the, you know, the talks or the lectures, everything's online now. So alhamdulillah. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a preparation for that, you know, Allahu A'lam. We'll see how it goes, inshallah. Know, yeah, it inshallah. is crazy to think that like for each of us, this moment is bringing us to something that we're meant to realize. And maybe this is bringing you closer to that online transition Definitely. to YouTube and platforms like that. Yeah, because I love seeing women like you sharing their knowledge. And I think it's so beautiful the way you share stories. And one of them being the story of Sayyidina Yunus. And I loved how you drew so many parallels between the story of our Prophet and how, what we're going through today. So if you don't mind sharing that, and I think it would greatly benefit our listeners. Sure. Jazakumullah khairan, first of all. So subhanAllah, when, we, when we're in certain situations, we kind of get caught up in the moment and we don't try to relate to the prophets. Sometimes we think they're so far-fetched, like they're prophets. How can we even relate to them? Yes. But subhanAllah, we know the story of Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam. We all know it since for little kids. Oh, you know, the whale, you know, swallowed him and we'd color the whale. But we don't really pay attention to the similarities or how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala consoles us through these stories. So Sayyidina Yunus very simply was supposed to be calling the people of Nunwa in Iraq, right, mm -hmm. to, you know, to believing in one God. And at one point he just got frustrated and he left, took a boat 
And as soon, of course, as they got, you know, without a, without a loss of permission, and as soon as he got into the boat, they got into the middle of the sea, then a huge storm hit. And they were like, okay, we need to get rid of our goods, start throwing things off, but still with, you know, with no hope of them, you know, surviving. And then they said, well, let's draw lots. One of us has to be thrown into the water in order and subhanAllah, I'm going to say something about that in a minute. So they started drawing lots and every time it would be Sayyidina Yunus. And they kept saying, oh, no, let's keep him. He looks like a pious man. Maybe with his prayer, we will be saved. And then eventually they realize, OK, it's meant to be him. And subhanAllah, you know, they throw him. And of course, we all know the whale swallows him. But the first thing I want to point out here, which I forgot to share as well in, the, in my uh, post that I posted, was with him, like keeping or getting out of that boat, he saved everybody else. Our isolation, our staying at home and keeping away from others saves others as well. It's not just about, you know, what he went through. Yes, of course, he went through a lot of pain, but he saved everybody else. And that's the mentality we should be looking at right now. We we feel like, no, we need to get out. But you know what? Maybe we're not sick, but maybe we will, we're carrying something and we can affect somebody else. So in our isolation, we are also saving other people, subhanAllah, other people's lives. And of course, we all know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what, what the noon, you know, when he went like upset or mad and he jumped right or he left off and then of course the whale swallows him and then he finds himself in the stomach of the whale and he's like okay what do I do he's in isolation you know he's in the darkness of the sea in the darkness of the stomach of the whale in the darkness of not knowing what's going to come and I think a lot of us can relate to that right now the feeling we are all of a sudden and especially I don't know here or at least for me we are very social people we are always out and about and and all of a sudden, like, it's just a halt. It's like you're pulled out. You're literally gutted out of this life of yours, the cycle, and you're thrown into isolation. And it's not just being on your own only, but just the, you know, the ambiguity of knowing what is going to happen. When is this going to end? And I think here, subhanAllah, when Sayyidina Yunus puts his hands up and he says what? La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kuntum Like, you know, there is no deity except you, ya Allah. Exalted are you. Indeed, I have been for, of the wrongdoers. It's my mistake. It's my shortcoming. So please, what, like, you know, let me get out of what I am in. And he didn't know. And subhanAllah, the minute he admitted his wrongdoing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something so beautiful in the ayah in Arabic. The fa here in Arabic means instantly, right away. What we responded to him and we saved him from distress. And then the ayah says something so beautiful. It says, and we saved him from this distress. And this is how we saved the believers, not the messengers, not the prophets. Because if, if the ayah said the messengers, then you're going to say, well, he's a prophet. He made dua and his dua was accepted. What has this got to do? It's a beautiful story, but I can't relate. But anyone who believes, you know, if you just believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah's not telling you you have to be, a, you know, a abid or a worshiper. No, just the fact that you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the moment you put those hands up and you had that haqq tawakkul, you know that there's a, a greater being that you're actually calling on and there's submission right there, right? So with the submission, this is where the opening and the faraj came and he came out of this situation, subhanAllah. Subhanallah how you shared that because it's so beautiful because I read somewhere that even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that if Prophet you know Yunus didn't even you know raise his hands up to Allah and make sincere dua 
Allah would have kept him in the belly of the whale until day of judgment. And that's wow. a prophet. Wow. Yeah. SubhanAllah, that's how it shows you that Allah just wants you to believe in him, regardless of who you are, regardless of what stature you come from or what level of piety you are. But as long as you call upon Allah, that's that's the most important thing. It's kind of like surrendering your life's outcome to Allah, like putting it in Allah. It's always been in Allah's hands, but kind of like giving up that control that you have you think you're in control of your life you think you can subhanallah you can monitor everything in your life but once you realize that Allah is really in control and you make that like announcement you know in your heart and in whatever I think that's when things start to fall in place and actually start working for us and this story really teaches us yesterday a lot about dua and the power of dua and you you see how even you know Sayyidina Yunus made a dua that was not so specific to where he was he didn't say oh ya Allah take me out of the belly of this whale no he just basically said like you are the one that who could take me out of this darkness or anything and I'm the wrongdoer just something as simple as that and Allah was able to take care of all of his affairs and he was able yes, to even yeah return him to his own people who that they themselves became believers so Subhanallah, the power of dua and how Allah can answer all of our hardships all at once. He has that power. Yes, absolutely. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, again, as you said, it's the idea of just submitting to him and knowing that you don't have control over anything. And I think we all have gotten this message very clearly. You know, we were all planning and plotting, like subhanAllah, the kids and I were thinking like two weeks ago or a week ago, we were supposed to be in Iknat. We we're going to go a day before to visit I don't know what, and we we're going to do this. And we we're meeting our friends from our online school. We had a whole plan and I don't know who's wedding and who, subhanAllah. And then, you know what, you don't, Allah's telling you, you know what, you don't have, you know, the qudra. It's in my hand right now. You're just sitting and subhanAllah, I think the only thing we can do right now is just have sabr, have patience and accepting. And just the fact that you're having this patience, inshallah, Allah will reward you that you're accepting. And when you accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards rewards you according to his scales, right? Not to human scales. So the reward is subhanAllah immense. And again, as you said, the fact that you just make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala handles all your affairs. You kind of like, you know, give it over to me. Here, let me take care of it. Let me handle it, subhanAllah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, seek forgiveness of your Lord and repent to him. And the beautiful thing is in the ayah says what? He will let you enjoy, not just have. No, no, no. You know, you could have you could have a lot of good provision. You could have a lot of risk. You could have a lot of money. You could have a lot of health, but you might not be able to enjoy the least bit of it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? And he will let you enjoy good provision for what for a certain time and give every doer of favor his favor. SubhanAllah. Subhanallah. So it's just that trust, that little, you know, part of trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we do that, and then he just takes over subhanahu wa ta'ala. And talking about like sabr and having patience, I think that's something that we we think we have until the moment that we need something from Allah. And we make that dua and we expect it to be fulfilled instantly. And it's that patience, that waiting for Allah to, to give us what we're asking for. And sometimes that never comes because it wasn't meant for us. But I think just realizing that we have to be patient, we have to wait, we have to have faith in the fact that Allah is going to take care of us and it might take a year, it might take a day, it might take an hour, but it will happen. Yeah, we're going to talk really fully about dua and all of, all that it entails because I think it's super important because I don't think a lot of us know the magic and the power behind, I don't even say magic, just the power behind dua and how important it is and how it signifies of how much of a true believer you are when you do make sincere dua. And I think with this story in itself, thank you so much, Yusra, for sharing it because I feel like we learned so many lessons and one of them is being patience in all of our affairs, the good or the bad. 
And I think sometimes we also tend to forget to repent for our wrongdoings. And I think because we carry this guilt that we feel like we're too ashamed to, and I said this in a different episode, we're too ashamed to ask all of, seek Allah's forgiveness for the wrongdoings that we have done. But wasn't Allah already watching us when we were doing these wrongdoings and we had no shame? You know what I mean? So it's like, why does the shame creep up when we want to ask Allah for the forgiveness? And this is what Allah wants us to do. This is what he's asking his creations to do. And I feel like another thing is praising Allah. I don't think we do it often. I think, subhanAllah, like to be able to just even wake up today, you know, to realize that you have another day of living, another chance of, you know, righting your wrongs. How can you not thank Allah for that? Yes, subhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Yes. And even just in this quarantine, going to bed and knowing all your family's safe at home with you, I, I don't know any better blessing. Well, I don't know any better blessing than that. SubhanAllah. No, of course. I want to talk about just the last 10 days of Ramadan. You know, I think this is Ramadan as a whole is super important. But now this is when everything gets ramped up from du'as to prayer to worshiping in the middle of the night, in the late night, and just, you know, doing all the good deeds and donating and everything. What are your thoughts on how we should proceed in these last 10 nights of Ramadan? And what's the best things that we can do? What tips do you have for us? So first of all, you know, Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, whoever established prayers on, for, we all, for course, before I even go into that, we all know that in the last 10 days is Laylatul Qadr, right? Mm -hmm. The night of power, which is a better than a thousand years. And if you were to divide a thousand years, it would, you know, equal out to 80, I think, 80 years of your life, which is the average of what you would live. So if you are on that night and you are praying, then it's counted like you are praying for 80 years. If you gave sadaqah on that night, it's like you're giving sadaqah for 80 years. If you, you know, asked about a relative, you're asking relatives for 80 I mean, it's like, it just outweighs everything you could have possibly ever done. So Allah, you know, Sayyidina tells you, whoever established prayers on the night of Qadr, out of sincere faith and hoping for a reward from Allah, then all his previous sins will be forgiven. And I just want us to always just remember, even if you were not able to worship or to do what you needed to do or feel like you're not where you wanted to be in the first 20 days, don't ever give up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful. And Ramadan is not it's not the month for the, you know, I'm not like scholars or the abad. No, 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 no. Ramadan is for the person who has that, you know, that fire inside of them that wants to really repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you could have been in the extreme left. And just because your sincerity of wanting to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you could be in the very front lines. And this is very important. If you have not yet started, you still have 10 days. Put your foot down, set a plan for yourself, whatever you can postpone, whether it's meetings, or work or whatever, work your schedule around it, but you have to have a game plan. Anybody in your businesses, in your work, you have to have a game plan to be successful. So why don't we take that into our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because this is where, like this dunya that we're in and our meetings and our lives and, 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 and something temporarily. If you just compare this to infinity after that, it's nothing. So why don't we really focus on the Dar al-Akhirah, focus on how can we really plan to really succeed in these last 10 days? Whether it's, I'm okay, I'm going to try to really focus on my recitation, my Quran. You don't have to memorize, just reciting every day. I'm, I'm going to listen to one lecture. I'm going to give a sadaqah, even if it's $1 a day. There's so many, mashallah, the drives and causes going on, you know, $1 a day. Whatever it is you can give, even if it's 50 cents a day, something, it doesn't matter how small, it's how sincere you are. With the sincerity, this very small amount can reach amazing and amazing places, subhanAllah. I'm going to make a phone call and do salat raham, ask about family. I'm Whatever it is, I'm going to maybe teach somebody something online. There's so many things you can do, but you really should be focusing like this is my life changer, right? Because this in this in these last 10 days, 
freeing from hellfire if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and every night like in Ramadan every night Allah frees people but in the last 10 days there is extra freeing upon like this is like a month of just like you know it's not just a sale it's clearance it's the clearance where you know you go to I don't know if you guys have JCPenney down there we they do. have like, like the, do- <laughs> the dollar 97 days you know those I'm like what what are you talking about <laughs> right it's crazy crazy yes. crazy like it's not real and this is Allah Al-Kareem the generous he's like just giving you a ridiculous amount of deeds and you know Sayyidina Muhammad says the one who goes into Ramadan and comes out not forgiven then his nose should be rubbed in the dirt like how could you possibly not take advantage you know get something out of it right so subhanAllah just you know write it down put it somewhere we can see it i always tell you know everybody this you know have visual reminders i have a wall in my kitchen i always say this put reminders put post-its it doesn't have to be anything fancy this is what i'm going to do print it type it write it with your hands stick it somewhere and have a game plan for yourself i'm going to work on you know my recitation i'm going to pray at night i'm going to read quran i'm going to help this person i'm going to if you can you know i don't know if you can help somebody locally i'm not quite sure what the situation is there but there's so much to do you know and it would be such a waste not to be freed from hellfire because if you are freed if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala frees you that's it you're done whatever you're going to do after that it's the majority of course you're going to sin we're human beings and we're bound to sin but whatever you're going to do your good is going to outweigh your bad it's never going to be more than you being freed from hellfire you know what I'm saying? Well, that's so true. It's almost silly not to take advantage of it. Like we have to kind of look at ourselves and say like, why am I not taking advantage of this time that Allah is basically handing to us? He's handing us like a, a get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? Like, and so my question would be the past two Ramadans, I, during the Ritulka that I had, you know, it was that time of month, so I couldn't pray. And I think for me, it was kind of like, oh, another Ramadan is passing by and I can't, but you can still take advantage. You can still, it doesn't have to be prayer, but you can still. So what are your advice to the girls who this Ramadan will be going through that? I mean, of course, our situation is a bit different that we're home now and maybe even that's better. I don't know. But we used to still go to the masjid because the masjid that we have here is not, you know, it's, an, it's not in doubt. So you can actually be in there. It's not an actual masjid. And you have your tasbih with you. You can, I mean, if you're Maliki, you could still read Quran. Yes. So, so that was, I was like, I'm Maliki all the way. So we're still reading my juz every day. I was still doing my adhkar. I was still, t- you know, pushing my kids to do their tarawih, whatever motivation, reading, you know, something from the sira. There's still, there's no excuse excuse to say, well, oh, okay, then, you know, I'm not praying, then I'm, I'm out. Absolutely not. Absolutely. This is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you a break, right? So you could actually focus more. You can eat more or drink your coffee. So you're even focused more. It's a gift. Wallahi, I'm telling you, I know we still have to make it up after that, but just the fact that you are able to at least be nourished a little bit more, it's a great time to catch up on whatever it is. You can wake up in the middle of the night still, have a word for yourself. I'm going to do a thousand salawat or a hundred. Let's not even like go over too much. A hundred salawat. I'm going to do a hundred istighfars. I'm going to do a hamd. As you said, we always forget to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the things that we take for granted. And I think we've all realized this with the quarantine as simple as like, we couldn't find rice last week and we had to get something else, right? The kids were like, you know, yeah. So things like that, that we just like think it's, oh, I could always just grab some rice or I could always just run to the store and get this or that. No. Oh, you know, there's more awareness of what we have and much, much more appreciation, subhanAllah. You know, alhamdulillah, we always are considerate of what we have, but it's much more elevated, the sense of that right now. So 
in those 10 days, if you're not praying, okay, where where is your game plan? Set a game plan for yourself. I'm going to memorize. I'm going to read. I'm going to still call my family. I'm going to sit with my kids and have an intention for everything that you do. And as again, as I said, if you're a business person, you want to win in everything you're doing. You want to make sure you're making money. So the same idea when you are dealing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to be a smart trader. Take a niyyah. If you're going to go to sleep, you're going to go to sleep anyway. Take the niyyah. Ya Allah, I'm going to go to sleep so I can wake up and worship better. So while you're sleeping, every second you're sleeping, you're rewarded for it. Ya Allah, I'm going to prepare food for my family because I want to feed them. It's a sadaqah, even just feeding them. So every minute you're cooking and you feel like, oh my God, I haven't done this or that, you're actually getting rewarded. Well, I'm going to be exercising so I'm healthier. I can actually focus more. Everything you do, you know, take it with a niyyah, right? Be like, you know, a tagir of niyyah, like a trader of intentions in everything you do so that you are consistently and continuously, whether you're actually on the prayer mat or not, you're still, your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is somewhere else, right? Because I feel like majority of us born Muslims, we it took us a while, if maybe it hasn't even happened yet, to have that personal connection with Allah. Because yes, I think absolutely. sometimes we're raised a certain way from we're raised this is haram, this is halal, this is it. And we, we are almost raised as if we have such a harsh God, such a harsh creator, but he's truly not. He's very loving. Even in the words of the Quran, if you really truly translate it to the T and exactly what every word means, you would see how merciful he is. And when he says, like, when you make dua, it's not it's not if you make du'a he says when you make du'a he will accept all of our du'as that so he's expecting us to make du'a it's not he's saying oh if you want to or if you don't know he expects us to make du'a and i think it's so important i feel like everything goes back to niyyah and which translates to intentions i think sometimes we look at others and we assume like oh they're doing so much more than me and that some people can give mindlessly if you're giving from your heart that will always trump those who give mindlessly. And I'm not saying you should compare to this or that or anything, but just don't be so hard on yourself. Give what you can. Of course. Give what Absolutely. you can, even if it's, a, like you said, a dollar a day. I know there's campaigns out there where you could give a dollar a day and you don't don't know yes. how Allah is going to measure that dollar. Maybe to him, that's you already secured your spot in heaven. SubhanAllah, you Absolutely. never know. Wallah, you really don't. I want to transition into the purpose of dua because I think this is something that is expected of us. It's expected from our and our creator expects this from us because it shows your connection to him. It shows that you are trusting in him, that you know he is the one that can take care of all of your affairs. I think sometimes we forget how, like I said, how merciful our, our God truly is. So if we can talk about the purpose of dua so we can allow other people to, you know, get in the habit of making it for themselves and for their loved ones. Absolutely. So before I even go into that, I just want to tell you one thing. The Sahaba, the companions, before Ramadan began, they would tell you, we used to prepare a list of five or six dua supplications, and we would keep begging at every possible chance when we're making sujood, when we're breaking our fast, between that and the comment, all the times where the dua would be accepted, and they would swear by Allah, the following year would not come unless these duas were accepted. So I don't know what more of a promise could be. Here, when you decide to make dua, it's basically you're fulfilling Allah's subhanahu wa ta'ala's command to worship him. It's an act of worship. Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu says what? That supplication itself is the worship. It's the essence. It's the ruh of the of this dua is worshiping, right? And he says what right after it? He says what? Just as you said what? And your Lord says, call upon me, I will respond to you. It doesn't tell you when I feel like, you know, responding to our, no, 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 no. The ball is in your field. When you decide to put those hands up and call on me, I am here waiting for you. And subhanAllah, 
who are we for Allah to be waiting on us? Like, who's who's the creator and who's the, the abd here? You know what I'm saying? SubhanAllah. Like, who needs who? He's, you know, self-sufficient. So just the fact that it pushes us or it's the first thing, it's a command. You need to make dua. You see the dua, the word here comes with du'uni. It's a, a form of a command. Make dua. Call on me and I will respond to you. And it's proof of your belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The ayah continues and it talks about one of the other purposes is that you don't show arrogance because sometimes when we make dua it's like it's like basically subhanallah you feel like okay i don't need anything or as if you're self-sufficient or even if you're not self-sufficient you just don't think that i wouldn't even say that but the, you know there's nobody or nothing that's capable of fulfilling your dua right so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues the dua after the ayah says what indeed those who disdain my worship with arrogance will enter hellfire so the fact that you're just refusing to put those hands up it's just like you're arrogant like i don't need you Subhanallah, right? Allah said just even an Adam's weight of arrogance will put you in hellfire. Exactly, yes. exactly. Yeah. You, Sayyidina Muhammad says, whoever has a mustard seed yes. weight of pride, arrogance in his heart shall not be admitted to paradise. And whoever has a mustard seed weight of faith in his heart shall not be admitted into the fire. And uh -huh. your proof of this faith is action. And that's by making dua. The actual, we don't say, oh, okay, I believe. How does that translate into your actions? We can't just be talking, talking. How are you walking the walk? Okay, I believe. Re let that translate. Put up your hands and start making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The thing is also, we forget that it's also stated that that is the weapon of the believer. So just like you said, yes. it's a supplication that we should, it's, it's considered the we the weapon of, of the believer. And, and it doesn't matter if it's you, me, or our previous prophets. It, a believer is a believer. And I think it's also beautiful because I think maybe some people, maybe not, they confuse dua with prayer and whatnot. But I, prayer is at a fixed time. You know, you, we do it five times a day and whatnot. And there's a set of ritual movements that we have to make dua is so accessible that you can make it at anywhere at any time and ask Allah of anything it's a conversation treat it as a conversation with Allah how often do you converse with Allah you know yeah we do it during the five times a day but I mean you have to be honest with yourself how are you really paying attention in these prayers are you really taking your time I mean this is an appointment with Allah when you really consider prayers and what they are it's an appointment with Allah and I feel like dua is just an extended you know conversation with Allah just to check in with him just to let him know like this is how I'm feeling this is Allah I'm asking you to just benefit me in anything that I do. Please, you know, allow it to have some goodness in it. So I think that's so beautiful that you did share it. But I feel like we do use dua as a last resort, which is not a bad thing, but it needs, like I said, it needs to be more of a conversation. Like speak to your creator. Do not allow when you're literally just down on your knees. That's the, that's the only time that you can think of of making dua, which again, you should at that point, but you should also do it other times too, you know, before you reach that point. Of course. Absolutely. So dua is just literally, I think, subhanAllah, I think it's just something you need to incorporate like gradually and slowly. I think it's just training yourself. Like you train yourself to everything else. Like, you know, you train yourself to make sure you're drinking eight cups of water a day, right? You prep yourself. So the same idea, memorize a dua a week or a month, whatever, however long it takes you, it doesn't matter. And consistency, just being consistent and, you know, I always tell the kids like quality over quantity. I don't care if you go and do this much, if it's just not of good quality. There's no ihsan in it. So even if you memorize one thing, one dua, and just repeat it every day, and then when you really master it, you add to it, and you add to it. And then, subhanAllah, just automatically after a while, you'll find it that it's just incorporated naturally in your day. You don't even think about it anymore. So I think that's just something really important that we don't have to be on the floor. You could just be walking and making dua. You could look at something and make dua. You see your kids do something and you make dua for them. It's just a consistent reminder that 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of your whole world. So in every aspect of it, in every little corner of everything that happens and doesn't happen, you are just acknowledging that, Ya Allah, I know it's from you, right? So that's when you kind of like put your hands up and make dua. Or sometimes you don't even put your hands up. It's like in your heart or it's in your head, subhanAllah. But then again, of course, if you're down on the floor and you feel that opening is coming, you should take the advantage, of course, you know, yes. and just, you know, give it your all. Um, it's a, it's a fatha from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I think it's very comforting to know that Allah is giving us the tools that we need. It's like going to war. Allah is giving us the tools, the weapons that we need to make it through. But we decide not to take them. You know what and I mean? Like coming just, from your creator. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think it's it's really important to pair salah and du'a together. But my question right now is, what are some du'as, one, that people should know, like very important du'as to know? And two, what if people don't have the memorized art? Can you just speak to Allah from your heart and does that count as a du'a? Oh, of course, absolutely. Anything that comes from your heart. I would like, so the past week or so, my kids, like we have certain adayah we've memorizing, you know, from the Quran or the Al-Anbiya, as I said, we're building up, you know, over the years. But then this past week, I've been telling them, you know what, after Salah, I want each one of you to make one dua. And they're like, oh, from what we've memorized? I was like, no, from your heart, just whatever, you know, took them quite a while, subhanAllah, to kind of like think about it because sometimes we're just programmed to say, you know, yeah. like it's something in the back. We don't really think about what we're saying. So we started practicing that. Alhamdulillah, they're getting better at it now. So they're just like talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, please let us quarantine end. Ya Allah, please, you know, protect all our friends who are doctors. Like it's simple things. And I told them even like mention people's names by, you know, be specific. So, you know, it's actually relatable to your life. It's actually impacting your personal life. Of course, you make not for yourself, but for everybody else as well, those that you know and those that you don't know. So I think just being sincere, it's just sincerity. You know, the only time you can't really like, you know, no, no, no. So you could always speak from your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, you know, in, in sujood or whatever it is, but that would be in Arabic. But then outside of that, just say whatever you, whatever comes to your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alim, he knows what's going inside of you and he's so merciful, you know, so why not? Yeah, absolutely. SubhanAllah. Because like when I, you know, from time to time I visit my grandmother's graveyard, you know, or her tombstone and everything just to make du'a and I do have a set of du'a that I read off, that I say, that I've memorized the standard ones. And then there's ones that I just feel like I can't just walk away. I feel like I have to say more from my heart, just really deep ones, because it's like you show that connection, you know? And yes. I think it's beautiful when you allow yourself to make du'a from your heart. And I know it's a little bit tricky in the beginning. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to say. You don't know how, what's the proper way so it could be accepted. And maybe if you can help us with that, Yusra, because I feel like sometimes we just don't know how to start it. I've read about it. And I think, honestly, the internet is, it's, filled with so much knowledge and it's so accessible and you could see how, all the proper dyes that you can make and then the ways you can also make it as well but if you can just share that with us what's the best format of us making dua Okay, so first of all, you have to have that yaqeen, that certainty in your heart, inshallah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept, right? In one form or the other. And that's a whole different thing we could speak about. But then, of course, after that, you have to do like hamd or praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like alhamdulillah. Very simple. You don't have to go all the way. There's a, so many formats if you look up online. Yeah. But just some alhamdulillah, you know, with thana ala, you know, and then you do some salawat, you know, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. And then you just make sincere da'a from your heart. And then after that, you know, salawat again at the end. Very simple. Very simple. I mean, of course, you could always add, but if you're starting from scratch, you don't know where to start from, don't make it difficult. And don't let shaitan make you think it's something, oh my God, how am I going to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? You know, but I'm going to talk and he's not going to hear. Or he always has a way, subhanAllah, of putting us down. And specifically, when you make dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts it, that instant shaitan will come and make you forget that you even made dua for that. Wow. Because if you remember 
that you made dua and the dua was accepted, what's going to happen? You are going to know that you have a connection with Allah. You're all good to go. He doesn't want that. Subhanallah. He does not want you to feel like you're connected to him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. He wants to drag you with him, right? That's his whole focus, you know, to take them off the Sirat al-Mustaqim, the straight path. So if he feels at one point, oh, wait a minute, this person feels connected. No, 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 no. You didn't even make dua. He makes you forget. Subhanallah. So it's very important that you just have the yaqeen, the certainty, duhamd, salawat, praising. And then, you know, Sallallahu Muhammad, make your dua and know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it if it's good for you you will get it in this dunya if it's not good for you Allah will save it for you for something better in the akhirah and believe me maybe at this point of time in life you feel like this is what's good but then when we're in desperate need on the day of judgment we're like alhamdulillah it wasn't accepted and I have this now right like okay and the third thing is subhanallah they tell you that dua changes the qadr so you're making dua your qadr is coming down god forbid something horrible was going to happen and the dua is like they tell you they literally fight each other in the heavens until the dua makes you know the qadr become or the destiny become less and less and less so instead of god forbid you know getting into a car accident and breaking your knee you bump your toe and you fracture whatever something i don't know something of the sort right so it's always accepted because shaitan and i get a lot of emails people tell me well i've made dua but it's never accepted you know why should i continue but that's that's shaitan tricking you subhanallah like making you feel like no 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 allah's not hearing no allah is a samia he can hear you at all times and he loves dua he loves it when you subhanallah you know when you make dua and subhanallah even whether you're making dua for yourself or you're making dua for your community or making dua for anybody else allah tells you you know wala you know nothing nothing turns back qadar except dua wala tells you literally you know wala yuraddul qadar illa dua Nothing averts the divine decree but supplication. And we usually kind of try to dua, make dua when we are in stress and we forget to make it when we're in kind of, when we're in good terms, when everything is going our way, subhanAllah. And I think this is something, you know, the Messenger of Allah says what? The supplication benefits against that which strikes and that which does not strike, right? So whatever befalls you and what doesn't befall you. So hold fast, O worshippers of Allah. Don't just say, well, you know, I'm all good. So I don't need to make dua. No, you don't know what could be coming. You don't know what Allah is preventing, preventing you from or preventing from harming you, right? Just with the dua. One thing that sticks with me as a kid, I, I did a lot of Islamic study classes and one of my teachers told us, don't wait for something bad to happen for you to establish that connection with Allah. Something bad shouldn't have to happen for you to start praying, making dua, becoming that Muslim that you should be. You should pray and make dua and, and be that Muslim so that you prevent those bad things from happening. And I feel like that's something that I constantly think about when I miss a salah or or I'm, I'm about to pray. I think that's something that I think it's so important to realize that you can prevent negative things from happening to you when you establish that connection. And I think we need to also teach ourselves the 99 names of Allah. And I think that's the number one way yes. that you can connect to Allah. Honestly, I think that's what you told us, Yusra. And I, I really helped yes. that. It really taught me a lot because I feel like when you uh, when you learn the 99 names of Allah, you understand the essence of Allah and what he's capable of. Because here you are thinking, my life is alhamdulillah, it's good. But Allah is the all-knowing. He's the one that knows what's going to happen to you, what's going to befall exactly. you and everything. And I think, I, and also I think we need to get in the habit of being grateful. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with dua because if you're waking up every morning you're thanking Allah for the little things if getting a promotion or just even having a good day just thanking Allah like thank you Allah for not allowing me to go through any calamities today thank you for pro yes. for providing me with any blessings that I may have overlooked and I apologize for overlooking any blessing that I could have had today I think there's a lot of things that happen in our lives that we just overlook and subhanAllah it's Allah just 
doing it all for us. It's all, everything's intertwined. And I want to ask you, like when it comes to dua, I know a lot of people get discouraged because they feel like, you know, I made dua, but I don't see anything happening. But the thing is, we have to understand that if Allah is the one that is all knowing, that knows what's best for us, sometimes what the, just you making the dua is just Allah knowing that you're relying on him. And that's enough for him to put everything in order for you, to make everything good for you. And I, I read somewhere where duas are actually answered immediately. And subhanAllah, yes. I didn't, I never knew that. I thought like, oh, you know, Allah might answer and he's listening now, but he might answer a year from now. No, it happens immediately. So you don't know, you don't know how your life is progressing and how it's moving towards the dua that you actually made. And subhanAllah, when something, we always say good things happen when we least expect them. No, it's because you made the dua a few days ago or a year ago. SubhanAllah, how everything works. I think it's honestly, it's it's a practice of sabr and patience. And as you said, like the 99 names, when you, when you know who you're worshiping, things become much more clearer for you. You kind of have rest in your heart. You don't feel the panic, right? When you feel like, subhanAllah, like sometimes you feel like panicky with certain things going around. And then you're like, wait a minute, I'm, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, is al-wakil or he's al-kareem or he's al-razzaq. He, that's who he is, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, how can I be, how can I be afraid or worried, you know? And it's normal to feel afraid and worried. I'm not saying that's not okay. No, no, no. These are, you know, very acceptable and normal and understandable human feelings that we all feel and express not to feel anybody feel bad absolutely not but just how to kind of like not dwell over it like no 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 let me snap out of it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there and he is my Rabb he is my Lord he will take care of me but I think sabr when you were saying having you know to wait and just being reassured as you said you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is responding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you that the sabr itself is like it's ibadah. It's like the best of people are those who have sabr, right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what that Allah is with the ma'iyyah, the, the you know, the being with imagine Allah being with you. When Allah's with you, He's like the eyes that you see with, the hearing that you He's in everything. He's facilitating everything for you, subhanAllah. And it's basically when Allah tells you, like, if you a calamity befalls upon you, right? And you have or you say you're, you know what, I truly belong to Allah. Inna lillah, we belong to Allah, and to him we're gonna return. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what? Allah is with those who are patient. So it's the sabr. I know it's not easy. And this comes after the ayah when Allah says what? We are going to test you with a little bit of what? Fear and hunger, you know, loss of wealth and lives and fruits. But give glad tidings to what? To those who are patient. This, the reward is going to be inshallah in this day, but more so as well in the akhirah. So sabr. I think oftentimes we worry about so much, like we worry about, like worry more about the sincerity of your dua and less about the capacity of your creator. Because our creator is capable of doing everything. He created you from dirt. I mean, how can he not be capable of answering your duas and much, much more? And I think it's beautiful the way our duas are answered, subhanAllah. And that's why we always, we hear that Allah works in mysterious ways because he truly does. And one of them, you shared a story, you can probably share it just very briefly about the Ajwa day part oh, two yes. I got chills uh, so when you shared that I was like oh my god subhanAllah how her dua was answered in the way of just I, I want you to say the story yeah because yeah, I'm literally yeah. going to go into it go ahead I, I cried actually so, Allah, subhanAllah. Um, subhanAllah so I'm sure a lot of you heard the Ajwa date story last year uh, during Ramadan and you know so what happened was you know I posted the story and then I, I've been getting a lot of messages lately and subhanAllah it's almost impossible like whatever I can you know well I try my best but it's not possible for me to go through like a thousand messages a day. For 
subhanallah, I opened this message, or I don't know, maybe I clicked on it. I don't know what happened. And it's a message from the sister. And she tells me the story that she watched my Ajwa dates, or I popped on her newsfeed, apparently. She saw the video and she's like, oh my God, I've never tasted Ajwa dates. You know, I would love for someone to bring me Ajwa dates. Ya Rab, is there someone out there who will make, give me Ajwa? And she made dua, right? And she says, you know, some time passed by, her parents, you know, introduced her to a potential spouse or a suitor, and they actually liked each other. And then he left to Hajj, this past Hajj, with his mother. And she said, you know, we had prayed istikhara, there was nothing formal. She's like, when he came back, you know, they decided to go forth, and he had a box of Ajwa dates for her, oh, right? Allah. And she's like, I was in tears. She's like, oh my God, you were the messenger that I made dua for. I did not know it was going to come in the form of a husband for me, subhanAllah. <laughs> yeah. And then she tried looking for me. She couldn't find me. And then apparently, subhanAllah, again, I just popped up on her newsfeed somehow. And she's like, I had to tell you the story, you know, and my husband, you know, she's like, I, I told him I was crying and they were both so emotional. They just, they just got married um, March 8th, I think it was in, uh, in here in Canada. So I thought, subhanak ya rab, like when you have that faith, you know, and, and you just make dua with sincerity, you don't know how, as you said, you don't know the capacity of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it back to you, which is just, it's just amazing. Subhanallah. We just tend not to look. We don't pay attention. Wallahi, we don't pay attention. And that's the thing. We don't. We really don't. Because if we did, we'd realize how each of our days are filled with so many blessings. I think we just want, a, I don't know, a bag of money to show up at our doorstep. <laughs> and that's a No, yes. it's just living, breathing, being surrounded by your loved ones. I think this quarantine, as inconvenient it is for some, but it's also it's just, it shows me that I'm able to see how my parents interact. Like, how often are we spending hours yes. a day at work and you don't get to see your parents for a full day? I get to see the experience that talk with them eat breakfast with them i haven't done that in forever you know what i mean that's that's blessings in itself right there of i course. think the one thing that we need to learn with dua is just being persistent that's yeah. all it is the more persistent you are the more you're thinking of allah and the more you're relying on allah and the more you're realizing that you have no doubt in allah that you know he's handling all of your affairs but like you said do not allow the shaitan to get in the way of your relationship with your creator it's, it could easily be done but again we have to remind ourselves that it's never allah that removes himself or distances himself from us it's us who does such a good point yeah. yeah and it's you read so many surahs and it says Allah always says I'm near I'm I'm so near I'm right by you Arif, just yes. call on yeah. me that's all we have to do I think we need to just you know understand the the Lord that we're worshiping I need to I think we need to really like familiarize ourselves and have our own personal connection with our deen and I think once you do well because when I was younger I had no connection I fasted just to fast I prayed just to pray and there was just nothing in my heart that made it just you know be and actually like be in love for our, or for our, yeah, for our prophets and for Allah. But I think once you take time and to understand your faith and your creator, well, it's such a, it's a, such a beautiful feeling. I want to talk about having compassion for one another. And that's the way we can do it through du'a. Because I know it's beautiful to make du'a for yourself. But, you know, oftentimes if you do feel like you are so blessed and you have everything in order and all your affairs are in order, how about making du'a for our loved ones, but also for everybody around the world as well? Can we also talk about that and how important it is? Sure, it's very important to think of one another, of you know your brothers and your sisters. And Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "What indeed those who have believed and done righteous deeds, the Most Merciful will appoint for them affection." And here, the act of doing righteousness or doing good is putting those hands and making du'a for them. And Subhanallah, He says, "No supplication is more readily responded to than the supplication made for someone who is." absent. Right? When you pray for one another, Allah 
places compassion in your hearts for one another, right? Because you're not, you're going to understand something. When you're making dua for somebody, the angels are saying, I mean to you for the same, whatever you're asking. So if you're asking for, you know, people's health, people's protection, people's, you know, inner heart serenity, their faith, whatever it is, you're getting even something which is like a hundred times better. The angels are making dua for you. They're making dua, saying, I mean to your duas and to you too, what you've just made dua for. So it's very rewarding. It's not just that, you know, it's not just that it makes, you know, puts softness in your hearts, but the reward as well that you're getting in return is heavenly. It's not something from the earth, subhanAllah. It's very, like I said, comforting to know that whatever you give out to the world, Allah is giving back to you. And I think that's, if that's not motivation to start praying and making dua right now, I don't know what would be. It makes our faith is just so effortless. The more you learn about it, you realize like how easily we can be rewarded just for even saying dua, not even going out there and physically helping your brothers and sisters in a step. No, it's just like just saying a dua on behalf of them you're getting that back tenfold we're, we're you know praying our five daily prayers and right away as soon as we're done with the last rak'ah and the last what I, we're so quick to just get off our floor mat and just Rip go on our yes. I read somewhere it's like where are you rushing to when it's the creator who you're praying to is the one that who is in charge of all your worldly affairs like Absolutely. what are you really truly rushing to and it's dependent like that's something I started doing like just removing my phone putting it like by my nightstand and obviously where I pray is a little bit further away because like as soon as I'm done I want to be able to just stick around on that prayer mat just for a little bit while longer and make dua but if your phone is right there distractions are right there and everything like that you're it's easy for you to just forget about Allah and everything just in a split second as soon as you're done with your prayer I think there also needs to be niyyah in prayer and everybody I, I'm I'm still working on that I'm not perfect you know what I mean when you're saying the surahs and you're nobody praying is. nobody is nobody is we still, no. we, sometimes we forget what shakah we're on we still yeah. do that you know of course oh my god it's, it's, it's just <laughs> yes. that's what I'm saying so it's like maybe right after that sit down and make dua and be like Allah please like guide me to a straighter path allow me to focus more even on just my salawat and everything that's all it takes you know we talked about the proper way of making dua just believing in Allah you know starting the dua with praising Allah and his last messenger. I think we also forgot to like repent for your sins. I think that's the one thing why it, you know, stops us from making dua because we look at ourselves, we look at our lives and maybe we were angry at somebody, we lashed at somebody and then the next day we need to make dua and we feel like I'm not worthy of making dua because I was horrible to this person. It's okay. It's Allah says start it out with just repenting and seeking forgiveness and then you can start your dua. Just don't feel like you're not worthy of any of this. I also want to talk about istikara prayer. I feel like a lot of people ask about that. Yeah. They ask about the validity of it, but I feel like I've done it before. And I, I, I know to, that it's yeah. valid and I, I've gotten an answer. SubhanAllah, I, I got really lucky. I got an answer the next day. Just not the answer, but just the feeling of calmness in yes. my heart. If you want to talk about that just a little bit more with us, Yusra. Sure. So Sayyidina Wasallam, istikhara basically is when you are confused between two things, right? And you don't know what to choose. Two jobs, uh, getting married to this person or not, uh, traveling, whatever it is. Sayyidina Wasallam, before he bought a pair of shoes or like, you know, the slip-on clogs that they yeah. wore, he would make istikhara. It's as simple as that. And again, it brings you to your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every aspect of your daily life. Even when I'm buying something, I'm making dua, asking Allah, which one is better? Because Allah sees what you don't see. So of course you do your own research. Is this you know job compatible? Does it make sense or not? And then if you are stumped and you feel like, okay, I don't know what to do, you can pray at that point. 
And it's very simple. You just pray two rakahs. You make dua. There's a specific, you know, format for it, which is available in online. If you just write your istikhara dua, Arabic and English, whatever it is. If you're saying it in the salah, say it in Arabic. If not, then pray your two rakahs and say the dua in English if you don't know how to say it in Arabic. And just make dua. Ya Allah, please guide me. Now, is there a specific sign? Because people say, oh, I saw a green thing and a white. No, 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 no. There is no sign. There is no dream. There. It's no, like, you know, you know, a striking uh, lighting bolt in your backyard. None of that. <laughs> it's, he's like, oh, you'll see a sign. I'm like, no, 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 I don't mean that kind of a physical sign. But basically, you'll either see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will facilitate things for you or you're just going to shut down. You're going to feel like, no, this is not what I want. And if it's not clear enough for you, keep repeating it. Like there is no certain amount of times you could do it once. You could do it a thousand times. There is no specific on how many times you can do it until you feel like you're rested. You know what I'm saying? You feel like, okay, this is what I want to do, you know, and keep asking Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, please like, you know, select for me and choose for me. Like select for me what you know is best. Because sometimes and so many times we see something and we see that this is good for us, but we don't see what's behind it. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Our, vision is very limited and it says like if Allah doesn't give you an inclination in your heart just to keep praying just to right. keep doing it yes and continue yes, yes asking Allah for clarity and that's why subhanAllah for me it was I think maybe I was so sincere and not that to say some people are not sincere and that's why they're not getting the answer but it was something that I just felt like I really came had from to your do heart, I think. it came yeah. yeah and that's why the next day I just I woke up with such a calm feeling a clear mind that I was able to make the decision it didn't tell me I didn't get a dream yes. that says oh choice A is better than choice mm. B that's not how it works <laughs> and that's why I think everything falls back Back on your connection with Allah. Oh, yeah. like, you know what I mean? If you want to do all these things and you want to reap the benefits of, you know, making dua and praying the staccato prayer and all that stuff, you have to have a connection with Allah. You shouldn't just resort to Allah when you are in that time of need. Think of your creator at all times. When you're breathing, everything, just just think of your creator at all times. This was such a good conversation. I'm, I don't yeah, no, no. I'm just saying I've, for people who are looking for that feeling, once you have that feeling, it's so clearly. And, and I think istikhara is something that I've utilized in my in in, you know previous years and I think it's something that we need to continue doing and also talking about it because a lot of people don't realize the power that istikhara has those who are listening and they feel like this is not something that speaks to them I just want to tell you one thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the hadith of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says what inna rabbukum hayiyun kareem yastahi man abdihi idha rafa'a ilayhi yadihi an yaradduhuma sifra meaning what your rabb or your lord of the universe is modest and generous just put those hands up and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has the keys to the treasures of the heavens and the earth. All that you need, all your needs are in his hands subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just put your hands up. It doesn't matter where you are in your run of life. Subhanallah. I love that. Because I think at the time that I was making staccato prayer, so it's like it was a very rough time in my life. I wasn't doing the 100% the five prayers a day or anything, but in my heart I knew something was wrong. I'm like, this is wrong. Like I've allowed myself to veer away from the right path. Like I literally almost like begged Allah to just help me, guide me back to the right path and I think that's why the next day I woke up with that calm feeling I feel like we oftentimes just put ourselves so down that we think we're not worthy of Allah's love and Allah's you know blessings or anything like that but that's why I want to make these episodes because there are people who are very their man is so strong mashallah inshallah stays that way but I want to make these episodes for those who feel like they are so far away from just like yes. seeking the guidance of Allah but I don't think anybody's that far away and I think you, you just need to take that first step and it all starts with your heart because it's Allah the only being that can 
translate what is in your heart that knows what's inside of your heart. I, I just want everybody to know that our creator is just so kind. You don't have to be the perfect Muslim. It's just as long as you're trying and you're just you're allowing your heart to cry out to Allah. I think that's the most important thing, especially during these last 10 nights of Ramadan, because I know all of us are suffering in one way or another. Some of our man is a little bit weaker than others, but it's it's like you said, it's never too late. And with Ramadan, just because the first 20 days were not the best, it doesn't mean the last even two days can't be, you know, worthy of, you know, asking and seeking forgiveness and whatnot and for it to turn around for you. I really, really want to thank you, Yusra. You are just such a beam of light that you've always been there. Anytime we've asked you for just, can you please come on? We want you to speak. <laughs> Subhanallah, you always just right away just say yes. And I really want to thank you for just sharing your wealth of knowledge with us. And inshallah, Allah continues to always protect you, your family, inshallah. their health. And thank you. Thank you so much. Inshallah, Allah <laughs> continues to guide you and just gives you the strength and the knowledge to be able to share all these beautiful stories with the rest of us because you don't know how many people you're truly, truly helping, honestly. So thank you. Thank you thank so much. You. Jazakum Allah kul khair. May Allah protect you and bless you, Ya Rabb, and grant you sincerity and success in everything that you do, Ya Rabb. Thank you. Thank you, Yusra. Thank you. Ramadan Kareem to you too. Something that we learned during this episode, and I think during Ramadan, we both Donia and I have implemented into our Ramadan routines, is making dua. I think we tend to think of dua as like a last, a last uh, resort. It's last resort, yeah. exactly. Only when we hit a dead end do we make dua. But that's definitely not the case, as Yusra explained. I think I want to make it a habit, like you said, even after Ramadan's long gone, because I feel like I've been doing this the entire Ramadan, is once I'm done praying, not to rush away from my prayer mat, but to just sit, and I swear that five minutes makes a huge difference. There was an Instagram Live that I tuned into. Uh, it was Hot Hijab and Dr. Rania, and Dr. Rania said something along the lines of, uh, there's a form of meditation, and it's an Islamic meditation. She's like, sometimes we look at the Western meditation, and we want to do that, which there's nothing wrong with that, but we also have our own form of meditation, which is like, the prayer beads making um dikr. you don't even have to do it with the prayer beads but just making dikr and making dua after you're done praying i think that really helps your heart and it really calms you down and it honestly does and some diet like i make is just like oh like grant me and my family good health do not take us away from this dunya until you're like you know happy with us and all that good stuff like there's just so many small duas that you can make that you know are daily that don't have to be so specific exactly that's that's something that i think a lot of people um have like a misunderstanding around is that you don't have to be going through something terrible in order to make dua it could literally be please protect my family keep him out of harm's way uh please yes. protect in the entire ummah the entire you know all the struggling muslims around the world it doesn't have to be you know hey i have a test tomorrow please allah let me pass it could it. be that too it could be that too but it doesn't necessarily have to be yes. so specific that's so true zana that's such a good point honestly the way you put it because it, it really makes you think like i think we don't always just have to connect to allah once we feel like we're going through something you should be connecting to your creator every single day every time you take a breath honestly there's a reason why you woke up today there's a reason why allah decided to just you know honestly have you still living in this dunya so inshallah inshallah allah honestly is pleased with us during this ramadan again none of us are perfect muslims so do not feel like you are left out do not feel like you are less than all of us are trying and nobody can translate what's in your heart other than your own creator which is allah to exactly. be honest so i just feel like that's something that i need to just do better at and understand that it's okay to have spiritual struggles but it's not okay to distance myself because of my spiritual struggles so always find a way to connect to Allah and I really hope that all these episodes during Ramadan have been a help to you guys we have one more next week 
week with yes, Iman. Yes, a really good one. Yes, um, New Moon Coaching. We talk about our minds and our mental chatter. And the unconscious mind yes. and like the things that we don't realize is going on. And it's, it's such a great episode. I'm so excited to release it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. See you guys next week. Bye.